Yo, what is up, guys? I am here with Mr. Jay Wildman. What's up, y'all? We just got back from uh, Palm Springs, California, from the Ed Milet event, and we saw his house. It was incredible, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. We got a lot of lessons, yeah. a lot of stuff that uh, we felt was important to share, important to share with everybody, and uh, we already shared a little bit back on the plane, but we figured it'd be cool to go over it all with with all you guys and then with all of our friends. I mean, Jimmy and everybody's been asking. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I think it was uh, this was one of the events where time just purely stood still. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that Dakota and I really noticed was just that like we didn't even eat <laughs> most yeah. of the time. I mean, what do we have oatmeal the last day and during the thing? I mean, we didn't have uh, lunch or dinner like we ate at like nine o'clock at night. And we weren't even like we were just so locked in. Yeah, I mean, awesome. talk about how they started the event. Yeah, actually, you know what? I would like to uh, I'd like to start start this podcast or you know this uh, this video with with doing the same thing that they started. If you're if you guys are okay with it, mm. um, so we just want to start off in prayer, and that's exactly how they started the event. And I feel like uh, it just allowed God to flow through everybody. And I hope that hope that this does the same thing. It's just like uh, you know allow God to speak through us and hopefully, you know, just impact everybody's lives the way that like this event impacted ours. So, um, Father, I just want to uh, thank you for the people that you place in our lives and for the podcast, for the learning, for the opportunity for growth. Um, I pray that you would help us to see the gifts that you've given us. And I pray that you would give us the strength and the wisdom to use them. Um, the Bible talks about that uh, you've given us gifts that you've placed for us in advance and things that we need to walk into, and I pray that you would help us to do that. Give us the strength to follow you and do it for your glory and to get the gifts that you have placed before us. Father, I pray for vision, for wisdom, for knowledge, and I pray that you would take our words and speak through us and penetrate the hearts of people and that this would make an impact to love more, to grow bigger, to be better, and to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it was amazing, man. I love I love that they started off with prayer. It's like one of the few places that I feel like uh feel like I've seen that happen. I mean, they did it at the million dollar mastermind too, which is really cool. A lot of people praying there, but yeah, this this thing was a lot different. The people that were there were different. Everybody there, I was like, man, I can't even believe we're in this room. It was crazy. Sean wow. Whalen was in the crowd with us, like um, Carlos Reyes. Yeah, Carlos Reyes. Like it was just it was just ridiculous. And uh, and those are very face centered people too, which is which is really cool. Um, it felt like uh, God put us there for a reason, and I yes. really I really believe that God puts people in our lives for a reason, and I also believe that people uh or god puts podcasts like if you're listening to this right now like there's probably a reason like god wanted you to hear this um so i always think about just purpose and why is god putting us here and it definitely felt like we were where we were supposed to be so yeah man i to totally agree i uh i think it just really attests to ed Milet's character too i think uh you know all the speakers were just so gracious to have been there and to pour in. I mean, you know, people like Brandon Bouchard, he's one of the most elite speakers in the world, and he was just giving so many praises to Ed. And, uh, you know, 
just uh you know one of the big things i thought from that was just your associations um ed talked about that a lot but who you truly do associate with yourself with really does matter you know your environment will dictate your future yeah yeah one of the one of my like favorite things about ed i've just realized it actually whenever we got back and i was telling christian i don't know if i told you but um he is a hundred percent into his masculine energy i mean like you can Mm. tell i mean he was just like freaking like like yelling and then like he's like freaking like flexing i'm like holy crap dude this guy is a freaking animal and then he's so in touch with his feminine energy as well to where he like dude he penetrated like the depths of our souls like nobody i've ever seen do that and the duality of having both is just like uh it's truly like a inspirational thing and for me i always think about you know jesus when i think about anybody Mm. who has that duality because jesus really is like he was so powerful so powerful and so loving um so it's just like really cool to see characteristics of that in another human being um so yeah I was, I, that was my favorite thing about it, is like man like he really cares and loves and yeah hits you deep and then he yeah. also has this masculine energy so it always feels like to have one you have to cancel out the other mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily true and he's just a true example of like uh of that of what's possible yeah and i think what was interesting is uh you know he talked about uh what he's really good at and uh what he said was he he looks for people's giftedness mm-hmm. he looks for their uniqueness in them yeah and to go deeper with that what he said he's really looking for is he's looking for jesus in you yeah and that was just beautiful. It's because we are created in God's image. And it's so hard to hear that nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people don't, won't say it because yeah. there's a stigma or, you know, social media or, you know, just, uh, but it's true, you know, like yeah. we are created in God's image. And the more you can get closer to the image that Jesus and God, you know, meant for you, like that's, that's where you get to your real life. Yeah. Well, I've noticed uh, in, in my life too, that's why I have this as my background. It actually says compliment people, magnify their strengths, not their weaknesses. So it's interesting to me that I was I always notice certain things about people, but I wouldn't share the good yeah. things. I wouldn't share the Jesus in them. I wouldn't share those giftedness that they have. I saw it, but I only wanted to let them know about like their opportunities. Like, hey, just so you know, you're messing up here. But I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've been thinking about it um, – just with with the way that Ed speaks and with other people, they probably hear their weaknesses a lot more than what other people tell them their strengths are. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I always think about is like, they probably hear the negatives that they shouldn't follow their dreams. They probably hear that they are a jerk. They're, They're mean or whatever it is. But how often do you hear your giftedness from another human being? It, it's so rare. Yeah. So if I can tell them that they're already going to hear their weaknesses and stuff. And like, if I see it and then I'll let them know and I'll try to do it in a gracious way. But at the same time, like let's, let's share their strengths and share the Jesus in them more 100%. because that's, that's the most important thing. And that's the least amount of things that people hear and that we share. So. Yeah, dude. I, I think uh, one of the things Ed said was the world will rob you of your confidence. Mm. And, you know, really what you choose to focus on, what your subconscious will create more of it. So, yeah, I mean, 
we are so bred to focus on the negative. I mean, if you listen to the news, I mean, it's just negative, 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 negative. And really, that's how we're wired. But if you can switch to positive and focus on like what is going to lift you up, what is your uniqueness? What were you called to be on this earth? If you can focus on that and be around people that are pushing that mm-hmm. all the time, like, dude, what do you want? How can you become more of you, you know, and yeah. in support of that, that's, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and it, and it doesn't mean that you have to like not tell them their negatives, but at the same right. time, like let's cover it with like their strengths. Cause they don't hear that very often. Then maybe give them one negative. Um, and you know, you talked about the world can, uh, change your confidence. And, you know, I always struggle with that. Cause I'm like, man, I am who I am and the world is not going to change me. So like, I think about it's not going to affect me, but at the same time, sometimes people have to borrow other people's confidence. Yeah. Like, uh, I can lend my confidence to you. If I'm confident in you, how much more confident do you become that you can do it now? So and true. so sometimes you have to lend that confidence to another human being. And I feel like I definitely do that more than I do anything is because mm-hmm. I am so confident that anybody can accomplish anything that they want to. And, you know, that's another great point that Ed said. And I just want to remind you guys that you were meant to do something great with your life. And I, I believe that to the depths of my soul that like God gave you a giftedness and it is your obligation and your duty to do it. And I feel that whenever people don't do whatever their calling is, whatever they feel like their giftedness is and they suppress it, yeah. that's that's where they get depression. That's where they get sad. That's where they get upset because they're suppressing the giftedness that God gave them that you're supposed to be using for his glory. And now you're suppressing that and you're just going to like stay inside, like get in your shell and like, you know, no, you were meant to do something great with your life. And I, I truly believe that. Yeah. And one thing I love about Ed is he gives you permission to do so. Yeah. And most people will not do you, do you that justice, dude. Like sometimes it's hard to bring forth it from yourself, especially if you're just around people that are telling you all the things you do wrong, uh, you know, living from a negative light, but it's okay. You deserve to live the life of your dreams. One of the things that Ed really talks about that I really admire and love is you are the one in your family. Mm-hmm. You are the transitional character in your family. You are the one that is changing your family tree forever. And yeah. that is so beautiful because I know that in our families, we are the ones. Mm-hmm. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls, including negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, we'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below, buy the course. And I refuse to not live up to my duty that God has put me on this earth for. Yeah. And it's not and it's not just monetary, it's not just building businesses. It's like, no, we're the ones that should be the people that are changing the emotions of yeah. our family, the ones that are helping them to navigate through what they're going through, the ones that can help them financially, spiritually, emotionally, like we're the ones who are going to help them. And that's what we're called to be. Like it's it's a very, it's a very honestly, it's very like sometimes it's a little bit daunting, but it's also like he gave us the strength and the power in order to do so. And now it's our it's our obligation. Um and the biggest 
struggle that I see with that is to to not get an ego over it either. You can't you can't be like, oh man, like I'm so gifted and I'm so blessed and all this other stuff. Like it's okay to be grateful for it, yeah. but at the same time, I'm no different yeah. than anybody else. There, there is not a difference between me and anybody else who's struggling. There's not a difference between me and Ed Milet. The only difference is what we've used our gift and giftedness towards. Yeah, and how long you've put in the work and how yeah. hard and you know, because uh I, I can't remember who said this, but <clears throat> it is a natural assumption that if you work twice as hard as somebody else or work twice as smart or have twice as many people, you are more likely to get results. You're yep. more likely to get the fruits of your labor than yep. somebody who doesn't. Uh, one of the things that you talked about not being uh, much different than Ed Milet, it's so true. We're all the same. I mean, you know, we're all human. We're all connected. We all have faults. We all have greatness. <laughs> One of the things that my let said, I mean, that dude is almost a billionaire. I mean, he is, you know, he's just he cha truly changing the world. But he said, I am below average in almost everything, like mm. below average in most things. Uh, and look what he's been able to create because he never sold his will to win. Yeah. He talked about that a lot. Yep. Don't sell your will to win. Yeah. It's funny because uh, when I when I think about it, um, there's two points that you made there. One is that we're all the same. And it's so interesting how that's true. We're all same. We're all connected, but we're all so unique. So unique. We are all different too. Like it's, it's crazy. The duality and everything in life, there's such a duality in absolutely everything. And then, you know, the other thing that I was talking to a Christian about, I was like, man, I am, I am not that smart. Like I literally am not, I swear. And I, when I, when I listen to that guy reading books, when I, when I talk to Gerard, when I talk to these people there, I'm like, man, these guys are way more intelligent than so me. So intelligent, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, but the cool thing is like, I can tell that Ed is not the most intelligent guy either, but look at what he's accomplished because he's using the giftedness that he does have. So it's interesting how we're all connected, but we're all so unique and like, we've got gifts for sure. I want to point to what you said earlier, too, because I really admire it, uh, how you said it's sometimes you need to lend confidence, you know, like if you lend your confidence to somebody else, it gives them permission or allows them to step into that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you didn't come from that, you know, sometimes you don't have it mm -hmm. yet. You have it in you, but it hasn't been expressed. Exactly. And uh, one of the things uh, I, I can't remember, I think Irwin said it, but encourage the root meaning of that word is to give courage to someone mm. and and it's truly just focusing on how can you help lift somebody up instead of tear them down so if you give them courage encourage them right mm -hmm. focus on their giftedness focus on their uniqueness I, I really love that so i commend you for that thanks buddy yeah so uh first thing that i have in my notes is it's interesting how when we were comparing notes we did write a lot of the same stuff that was crazy um but the first thing that i had is uh exceed expectations mm. and you know i hear a lot of people talking about that and then it's always like exceed expectations for what the other people expect from you like in a service like man i'm gonna go in above and beyond but ed went another level um from that exceed expectation in every area of your life and yeah. that's i mean that's literally the book the power of one more you know like doing one more saying one more i love you saying uh you know Every single area, though, like, so he does it in his relationships. He does it in his relationships with his family. He does it in the gym, other people, and yourself. Exceed mm -hmm. your own expectations. So I, I've been trying to do that, honestly. Every single time, like, I'm only supposed to work out five days in the gym. I worked out six, and I've been doing that because I'm like, man, I'm going to exceed 
what I what I want to do. And that's something that I talked to actually you and Ryan about. It's like lower your bar for what you think. That way you're going to hit it every time. You build self-confidence. And then guess what? You can always exceed it. And now guess what? You feel even better. You have like he, he called it superhuman uh, confidence. Yeah. So exceeding your expectations is okay. You can lower the bar a little bit, then exceed it. That way you can feel better about what you accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that's one thing that I've noticed in my life is again, like I will, and, and you know, I'm sure there's people in here that do it as well, but you know, you, you just, you set the bar so high that, you know, it sounds great, you know, cause if you think of like 10 X, like, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, my goal is to make a hundred thousand. Why not make it a million? Yep. And even if you don't hit the million, if you still made three or 400,000, you made way more than you thought right. you could. Yep. So, I mean, it's, it's a duality, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you want to stretch, you want to push, but if you set your entire life up like that, you're setting yourself up to fail, not to win. Mm-hmm. And you know, you need to set yourself up to win because then you build confidence and reassurance that you will do what you say you're going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you continue if you continue to fail, even if you're setting these big goals, you will never feel fulfilled, you'll never feel happy, you won't build that self-confidence because it's all the way that you frame it in your mind too. But it's very hard to frame it if you keep not doing the things that you told yourself you're gonna do. If you continue to do that, it's very hard to frame it in your mind that you're still winning. It's very difficult. Even if you are winning, even if you have a great family, even if you have a big business, even if you have all these things, you are winning but you're still not feeling it because you set yourself up to fail. It's it's crazy how it's the way that you frame it in your mind. And I think it's way easier to frame it in your mind if you just do what you say you're going to do and then you do a little bit more because you can always do more. Yeah, I think there's two things that would be really good for us to touch into based on that. Uh, two things that Ed said were, what do successful people have? And then he broke down confidence. Mm. Um, and one of the big things, and this was expressed so well during the Power Power One More event. Number one for confidence is faith. Mm-hmm. Because you're tapping into abundance, you know, if you, if you have God at the center of your life, you know, like it's just, it's beautiful. The second was, uh, intention. I intend to make a difference, not my abilities. What is your intention? And third was association. Who am I around? Mm -hmm. Those were the three pieces of confidence that he broke down. Uh, and again, back into what you were saying. You know, if you keep your promises that you make to yourself, that's how you continue to build confidence. But if you want superhuman confidence, like you described, you use the power of one more. Mm -hmm. And that's one more rep in the gym, one more relationship, one more sales call, whatever it is, whatever in your life, do one more, exceed your own expectations and do that over a consistent period of time. And you will build confidence. Yeah. One of the beautiful things that he said, too, was goals without changing my standards is the equivalent of wishing. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Ed, Ed Milet talks a lot about, and I know you are very passionate about this, uh, your internal thermostat. Mm-hmm. Touch on that for a second. Uh, yeah, so Ed always talks about your internal thermostat, about where you believe, who you believe that you are. You will never, never exceed who you believe that you are. And I think I actually have that. But if you think that, you know, oh, man, I'm this 160-pound person, and then you get to 180, you will go back down there. Same thing if you believe that you're this uh, overweight you know, person and that's who you believe that you are, even when you go on a diet and you start to lose that weight, if you don't believe that you're this fit person, you're on a diet, you will go back to wherever you're at. So it's, 
it's not what your goals are. It's actually who you believe that you are. Um, and you will always go back to that. Same thing with uh, money. If you are like, man, if you start to save up some money, but you don't believe that you're worth it, you will self-sabotage yourself. Yeah. Um, same thing whenever you're uh, doing um, not so great. If you if you start to like, oh man, I'm spending too much money. I need to get back to where I was at. You will find a way to get back to where you're at, to where you're making the same money that you're making for, because now it's what you believe that you're worth. You will never exceed what you believe that you're worth. Um, and yeah, so the real question is, how do you raise that internal thermostat? That's that's the most important question, and and uh, Ed mm -hmm. goes over it in uh, the book. But I mean, you touched on it. Is you know, obviously, faith, intention, um, and association. And he, it, the funny thing is, he said association is the lowest, yeah. which I thought was interesting because everybody thinks association is the highest. I just got to get around these people. I got to get around these people. I got to get around these people. Getting around those people, if you if you are in that lower temperature and let's just say they're a hundred degrees and you're at the 50 degree you will actually feel out of place so much that you got to get out of there you're you're gonna yeah. be like oh gosh i don't belong here and you're gonna you're gonna actually like leave or the people at the 100 degrees they'll be like man like they tr they will try to pour into you but if you like spew too much negativity they have to get away from you because then you're trying to lower their temperature yeah so association is probably the lowest of these and i feel like it's the most common that people think is the way to do it um but yeah i'd say faith uh is is so important what you talked about is god being at the center you know i think that is obviously the most important like if yeah. if your worth is placed on anything other than your uh faith in or like who how god sees you you it's fleeting yeah you, i mean it will go away yeah. no matter what it will go away even if you set on your intentions because what happens if your intentions are not good now if you set it on money what happens when the money goes away if you set it on relationships what happens when the relationship goes away if you set it on your health what happens when your health goes away but if you set it on how god sees you and who god is then like that's never going away never. like that's going to be eternal and uh i describe this a lot um i don't know if i've told you the story at all but I feel like, you know, just in my relationships lately, it's crazy how whenever something bad happens, it kind of makes you more nervous. And I described it. I had an analogy about the poker. Did mm -hmm. I tell you this? I don't think so. Okay. So the way that I viewed my relationship and my, my first marriage was like, okay, that was the first time I ever put all my chips in. You know, I put all my chips in. I was all in. I'm like, all right, hey. I'm going all in. And even that, like, it was all in for me at the time. But even now, I'm like, okay, maybe I could have done more. But anyway, I, I gave it more than anything I've ever given. And I got broken. I got all my chips taken. And I was like, man, that was bad. I will never do that again. I will never put all, push all my chips in. I'll never be that vulnerable. I'll never leave myself that open. Yeah. And so then, like, you know, you get another hand. And then you got your chips back again. You start to build them up. You start to stack them, get some little wins. And it's interesting how hard it is to put those chips back in um, whenever whenever you got them all taken. And even if you somehow muster up the strength to do it, Courage. still in the back of your head, yeah. oh, man, you know what happened last time. Should you be doing this? Um, and the only way that I've thought of, like, because I thought of that analogy, and then I thought later, I was like, you know what? Like, what if I had infinite chips? 
Mm. And yeah. I never, I never thought about that. But I'm like, man, if I can tap into to God's love and like not needing approval or anything, like, yeah, I can get infinite chips. And so that was, uh, that was, that was huge for me. And yeah, I just thought that hopefully that helps whoever's struggling is like, man, like tap into the love of God and you can get infinite chips. I've not, I've not fully like felt it, but I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm working to get there and actually start to feel this stuff. But Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our seller's data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, as I've been self-employed, I'm realizing that the most important relationship I have in my life is the one with God mm-hmm. because it is ever forgiving. It's, 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 it's truly unlimited. As you spoke of the unlimited chips, it's uh, a lot of us have limiting beliefs, you know, that we've gotten from our childhood. They can, you can continue to form new ones as you go through life as traumatic things happen to you or, you know, things don't go the way you expected. Uh, and a lot of us that I've, I've talked to a lot of people, they have this need to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And, when you try to prove yourself by having more money, having more relationships, having wealth, whatever, it's all fleeting. Eventually it all goes away and it's never enough. And so instead of trying to prove yourself, just have the relationship with God and and become more of who he wants you to be. And one thing Ben Newman said was, you know, if you do your best, there's nothing more that you need to offer, man. Like if you know, at the end of the day, if you looked in the mirror, and you can proudly say, I did my best today. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to speak on what you were saying, too. Just, uh, you know, when, when you put all the chips in and you lost them, that affected your certainty. Mm-hmm. Ed Milet brought up a wonderful story mm-hmm. of back when he was in financial services and he was basically homeless. He was three months behind on rent, had been foreclosed on. They were showering in an outdoor shower. He could only shower like once a day. Holding up the towel. He had to hold up a towel for his wife while he showered outside and then they had to switch, you know, and he could have been broken at any point and given up, but he refused to sell his will to win, which was a beautiful piece. He went to a sales, uh, a prospect and he was in a suit dressed up and he told us a story uh he was fighting to feed his family he was trying to sell this policy and uh the guy said well hey if you race my son and you win ed was like 25 26 at the time his son was like 19 or 20 and track star and uh ed did it because he was not going to lose his will with his family like he was going to feed his family yeah, I said I'll do anything for my family. Anything for my family. You know, like who in your life are you willing to fight for? Mm-hmm. Not only just yourself, but who in your life are you willing to fight for? He lost that race. He fell and scraped himself up and got hurt and didn't sell the policy. And it affected his certainty just a little bit. And from that, the next day he had another sales thing and uh, 
He's selling life insurance, by the way. Life insurance, yes. Yep. Uh, and it was uh, like a doc- dentist, I think it was, right? It was it was somebody yep. that had some wealth, and uh, his wife was eight months pregnant, and he just, right when it, like, it came to a little objection, like, okay, we'll come back on Monday, because he had him pretty much sold, but he gave him a, a, a very typical objection in the industry. Well, this, this all sounds good. Why don't you come back on Monday? It was like a Friday. Mm-hmm. And that weekend... They got in a car wreck from some aggressive teen that was swerving in the highway. A couple hours later, he Co- said. A couple hours later. And it, uh, yeah, so they crashed, and the husband and I believe the wife were both killed, and the baby made it, right? Yeah, she was pregnant with the baby. She was pregnant, eight months pregnant. And because he didn't follow through, because he lost just a little bit of certainty, allowed, he allowed his, you know, he allowed his certain to be, certainty to be affected. He, uh, you know, that's something that he'll carry with him for the rest of his life. He's like, even every time that I hear a baby cry, like I think of that baby and the, like the time in my life where I allowed my certainty to be affected just slightly. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you never, you never know what's going to happen whenever you don't speak what you believe is right. And that's the interesting thing that Mm -hmm. like, that's the biggest thing that I think of is like, man, if you're not certain, if you're not confident, if you're not true to who you are you don't know what you're affecting by not doing that I, I i think back to like always thinking about the bible and how it talks about like he already predestined all of mm-hmm. these certain things before us but we still have choice we still have free will so it's so interesting how i feel like every decision this is a question that i ask myself a lot is is this getting me closer to who god called me to be and mm-hmm. i try to really think like lean into that whenever I'm making decisions on, should I say this to that person? Should I let them know what, like, you know, and I get nervous and I get fearful because I'm scared of judgment, but you never know how that's going to affect their life. You know, if you really believe that you're helping them doing what's best for them, getting them a life insurance policy, whatever it is that you're doing, if you believe that you're truly helping them, then you should probably speak up and you're again, doing yourself and them and God a disservice by you withholding that, withholding your light, you're dimming your light and basically putting a lampshade over your light. Um, And that, that is not who we're called to be. Nope. Nobody wins if you play small. Yeah. Nobody wins. Your family doesn't win. You don't win. And you have no idea the ripple effect of what you do. You know, like Mm -hmm. this is not us playing small. This is take us taking an investment that we put our time, our money into. We, we, each of us bought 250 books just to be there for one day. Yeah. And it was magical. I mean, that, that's how you described it. Mm-hmm. And, and it truly was magical. It was like time really stood still because of just the people you're around. And, uh, you know, we really, I know I definitely feel the duty and I know you do too. That's why we're here talking about all this, but we didn't want to not bring this back to the people we love and care about. Mm-hmm. And whoever watches this, you know, take the nuggets that serve you in your life and and change the world with it. That's one thing Ed Milet really talked about is every single one of you can change the world. Uh, Yeah. And I 100% believe that. And you never know who it's going to be or the ripple effect that that you talked about and that Ed talks about and that everybody should talk about is the ripple effect. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's Jesus. And look at, like, you know, he was God, but, you know, at the same time, when you look at the ripple effect of every person that he affects and the lives that he changes, like, that's what we're called to do is go share that message and be the ripple effect and continue to be that. Um, one one uh, other thing that I really, really liked that Ed always says and that I have to always remember 
is people are always feeling something. And wouldn't you like to have an influence on what they're actually feeling? If you don't go up and talk to anybody, share anything, share about what you believe and you remain silent, you withhold what you're feeling, they're still feeling something about you. They're still going to feel a certain way. It's just all made up in their head instead of now actually like being on who you are, how authentic you are, they're still making up a story and they're still feeling a certain way. So um, yeah, the question that I ask now is, what do you want them to feel mm -hmm. whenever you're talking to them? And, you know, for me, I want them to feel loved, you know? Yeah. Like that's the most important thing is that I want them to feel loved more than anything. And I I, uh, I feel that I do a a bad job at that a lot of times honestly and it's something that i'm i'm really working on uh but yeah that's my that's my biggest desire and uh, again a lot of times i'm speaking for myself here mm -hmm. but i i withhold it i withhold it so much it's not that i don't feel it it's that i suppress it for some reason and man it's it's just crazy that we do that we do that with our kids we do that with our friends we do that with our like parents <laughs> we suppress the love that we feel and a lot of times it's generational you know and that's why we talked about earlier you said you're the one in your family we're the ones that are going to break this mold they're like we we're going to love more and we're going to show other people how to love in our family and that they feel that love um and hopefully we can just break that generational curse and like kind of turn everybody around where we can love more yeah Dude, man, I just got goosebumps because I remember sending a video to you and some other people. Uh, they broke down how many ancestors you need to have in order for you to even exist today. Going back nine generations, nine great grandparents, you need 4,092 ancestors for you to even be who you are today, to even have the privilege of existing right now. And if you just think about that for a moment, how many struggles did they have to go through? How many laughs did they experience how many moments of love how many moments of joy uh what did they have to do in their lives and you know we live in a time now where we have so, so many privileges that are afforded to us running plumbing you know heating in buildings mm -hmm. <laughs> the ability to travel anywhere in the world anytime the ability to access anybody anytime i mean you know if you look back when people didn't even have indoor plumbing you know like so many people have had to go through so many struggles just for us to even exist today. One of the one of the speakers, I think it was Ben Newman, he talked about his uh, was his great grandfather or somewhere down his lineage during World War Two. He was a shoe cobbler mm -hmm. and he had to he literally took the soles of shoes and hollowed them out and put gold uh, German coins in them. Mm -hmm. And so one, and he told his family, when you board the boat to go to America, to the land of freedom, bust open the, the souls, rip the souls open and use that and trade that for money to go build a life. Mm -hmm. And that same f grandfather in that lineage died like the day or the day before that they went on uh, the boat to America. And if he wouldn't have done that, if he wasn't the one in his family at that time, they you know, he wouldn't have been there today. And, and he dropped, uh, he dropped so much value. I mean, just so much beautiful messages. And uh, you don't know how important what you're doing is until it's done. It's just, uh, you know, we would not be here today if it weren't for so many people that fought through so many adversities. Mm -hmm. We truly do have a duty to be everything that we can be in, in, in God's light and image. Yeah. 
Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and honestly, we've tried several different CRMs, and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. And I, I always think about the, there's a saying, uh, I can't remember the exact saying, but basically it's like, you know, hard times create strong people and strong times create weak people. And I feel like we are, or good times create weak people. Um, and I definitely think that we are getting to that. We're such good times, like such yeah. good times. Um, and I definitely think that uh, it's kind of creating weak people. Um, one, one other thing that I wanted to add to what we were talking about earlier that I, I was looking at my notes and, uh, says you will never, never exceed what you believe you are worth. We can give you all the tactics and it won't help. And I, I a hundred percent believe this. And I didn't believe this before, which is funny. I used to be like, no, dude, stop with all this woo woo crap. Don't talk about like who I need to be, my past trauma. Tell me how to freaking do it. Yeah. Tell me how to do this. I will do whatever it takes. I'll do this. I'll do that. The funny thing is you have to, one, you have to believe that you can actually do whatever it is that you're going after. Cause if you don't believe it, you won't achieve it. There's, there's no question to that. Um, but then also like you have to uh, believe that you're worth it. You have to go internal and go into this mindset more than anything. Like mindset is so much more important than anybody gives it credit for it is the most important thing if you give all the tactics like you know tony and i both uh talk about this a lot and i'm always like man like i don't want to give them the tactics because it's not what they need they need to go back and they have a self-confidence issue yep. to where they don't believe that they can achieve this thing so us giving them the tactics is actually just going to continue to hurt them because then they're going to go try to do the tactics then they're going to they're going to be like oh man these tactics didn't work yep. because and it's actually a self-confidence issue it's a lot deeper of an issue um, so I just think it is, uh, it's so important, uh, to realize that you need to figure out what you believe that you are and who you believe that you are, um, and go into the mindset before you try to go out there and be like, okay, just give me the tactics. So, and with that, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch back on was what do successful people have in common? Mm. And it was, it was four things that had broke down. Yep. One, they believe that they deserve to win. Mm-hmm. They believe it, just like you talked about. It's it's a belief. It's a belief and a mindset about who you are as a human being. And again, if you're trying to tap in from all these temporary things like my worth, my value, my uh, my uh, my ability. Oh, I didn't achieve this the way I wanted. It's tap it tap into it from God, because mm -hmm. that is unlimited. Mm -hmm. That is a true abundance. Number two was fear of not achieving their potential. Mm. Now, and you one of the things you wanted to clarify with that is, you know, you only use it in healthy doses because even at Ed Milet's level, he's almost a billionaire. He owns an island, three mega mansions, private jets. I mean, really living a ultra luxury life and all of it's paid off. <laughs> he literally told us that at the, uh, he's like, I own all this free and clear. And uh, that's not a flex, it's just inspirational. You know, it's how, how you frame it, you know, because you can live life as a victim that everything happens to you, not for you, or you can live from a place of responsible. I am responsible and what I do will dictate my results. Right. Yeah. Uh, so f even at Ed Milet's level, he is still afraid to lose it all. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a memory of, you know, when, when you come from 
having to shower and hold up a towel outside for your wife to shower and then switch turns. He literally said, there's so many days where I turn on the shower and I'm just so thankful that the water comes out of the dang faucet. Yeah. And and this man is worth almost a billion dollars. And that's imperceivable to some people where they are in their lives. Number three was an unusual abundance of emotional control. Mm-hmm. One of the examples that he used was wonderful was Steph Curry. Shout out to Steph. <laughs> but what he said was, you know, you can be, he could be 0 for 8 shots and be right down to the final last seconds and still have the emotional control to, to know that he's going to make that final shot. Mm-hmm. And and he does it. I I don't know who's all seen the video, but he like will take a shot, then just start running the other way because he knows he made it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give himself the option. Mm-hmm. And it's that emotional control, especially over a long period of time consistently, that, that really will build the, the will to win. And number four was being, being an incredible visualizer. Uh, some of the most successful people in the world, like they visualize where they're going. Uh, one of the things Irwin said during the event was we are not static beings. Mm-hmm. It's not who we are now. It's who we are becoming. Mm-hmm. We are dynamic. We are ever changing. And it just goes that there's two true states in life. There's growth and decay. Mm-hmm. Like we could say this table is stable. It's comfortable, right? Like that's, we all want to get to comfortable, but com- comfortable is a fallacy. Comfortable mm-hmm. doesn't exist. You are either growing or you're dying. Yep. Amen. So, yeah. And, uh, I want to dig into uh, to faith a little bit more just because, you know, that he talked a lot about faith and how uh, how how much confidence that will help you to get um, if you use it truly from from the Bible, because I feel like this is something that might make some people upset, but it is what it is. It's the truth or at least my truth. (laughs) Uh, I feel like a lot of times Christians tear other people down um, or other Christians because they're not fulfilling their expectation of what a good Christian looks like. You're not meeting what I think you should look like. And I feel like that's what Jesus fought against. Um, we should be trying to live for God, not living for the other people that we're trying to impress in the church. Um, and so yeah, I just think that is so important because, you know, I, I truly believe that faith does give you unlimited confidence and, and uh, confidence in, uh, in hope um, you know, it's just like, it's the most important thing. But if you're, if you're getting that from your pastor or you like, you're, you're caring about how other people view you, then that's going to, that's going to, uh, definitely hurt you. And, uh, one other thing they talked about, you're probably writing it hope, uh, literally writing it right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as soon it. as I said the word, I was like, yep, I know where this is going. <laughs> um, but hope is such an interesting thing too that they talked about at the event was hope can only be in the future and i was like man that is like so impactful hope can Mm. only be in the future it can't be in the past and so that should give you confidence like give you hope should give you confidence for what's to come um but one thing that he he said uh we're gonna go really deep into this he said uh basically asking god like God, mm. like, tell me about me. That's what he said. I I did not align with the way that he phrased that question. Like, tell me about me. Like, hey, don't I don't care about me. Like that that's not what I'm interested in. But I do think it's valuable to ask God, like, how do you see me, God? Mm-hmm. And look at yourself from that perspective. How does God see you? And 
Why are you judging yourself when God's not judging you like that? God does not see you the way that you're you're putting that own your own like self worth, and that's not the way that God sees you. Yeah. Um, so, th- I think that is an important question to ask yourself, and I-, I hope that you guys give yourself time to really think about that. Like, how do you see me, Lord? And do you align with with how He does see you? And if not, why? And try to really like find out how you can see yourself the way that God sees you. Because, uh, yeah, he loves you, and you're loved. So I think that's very important to ask yourself that question. I think one of the beautiful things, uh, two exercises that kind of are spinning in my mind off of that, um, write down the people in your life that matter the most to you Mm. and tell them who they are, not who they are not. Mm -hmm. So go... You know, use this as an opportunity right now. Go write down the people in your life that mean truly the most to you in your life. And then go tell them about them. Tell them all the beautiful things about them, their uniqueness. Tell them the things that they really matter to them. You know, like... That you admire about that them. That you admire, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And then another really wonderful exercise is tonight, when you, before you go to bed, you know, pray with God. Be there with God. And take five minutes with your with God and, and yourself and just say, Father, tell me how you view me. Tell me how you see me. Mm-hmm. And just allow it to flow through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I remember it. I want to give some more uh, context to how you can do that because I think that's a great exercise. And that's something that they told us to do is like write down all of the people that you've been neglecting to do that with. And something that he talked about was don't just give people these flattery comments like, oh, you're yeah. great. You're awesome. You're a beast other being yeah so mm. or you're amazing because yeah and tell them why and i really challenge you to do that with the people that you love is hey you're awesome because of these things and you can do that in situations or you can do that because of who they are um and yeah i think that's very important to let people know their giftedness and why you see that in them because you know people hear they're awesome and all this stuff all the time that's fleeting that that it's very meaningless but if you let them know why you see them like that and it's coming from the heart they're gonna know they're gonna they're gonna feel that and be like yep i know that to be true and they're just gonna they it will change who they are and again you will be lending them confidence because they're gonna automatically know that that about themselves and one other thing that ed talked about that i think is one of the most important things that i struggle with and that i'm sure that a lot of other people struggle with is as soon as you walk in the door, you know, mm. stop, give yourself some time to actually go and greet your kids, greet your wife, greet your significant other, whoever's there. Because the first thing that we always do is like, man, I'm tired. You know, I just want to go in there or you're on your phone. You're still on the phone conversation or something. And like what Ed talked about was every single time that he comes in, he's like, you know, spends five minutes with his kids or whoever and just says, hey, Tell me about the best parts of your day. Or you could use the exercise that Jordan talked about. Hey, let me tell you about you and to spend five minutes. And you think it's, you know, we were talking about this actually before when we were off camera, but you think that this stuff is going to get old. You think, oh, if I keep doing this, you know, like, or at least I think about that. I'm like, man, does this ever get old where I get like stagnant? I don't want to do this anymore as it gets routine or like, will the nostalgia go away? And it's like, I don't think so. 
I don't think that that will ever get old of you connecting with other humans and loving them. I don't, I've never gotten tired of that. I've, that is the only thing that I feel that I have never had enough of. I've never gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, this is not fulfilling anymore. I've never felt that. Every time that I've connected, I've loved and I've encouraged, I want more. And Ed, Ed talks about analogy a lot. We think that, um, you know, sometimes having bliss or whatever, we're like, we're going to get tired of it, but it's like eating a steak. Whenever you have just the best steak ever and you have a bite, that greatness, that joy that you feel whenever you take a bite of that juicy steak, you know what that does? That makes you want more yeah. of that steak. And so that's the interesting thing that I think it is. Steak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's interesting how you want more and like whenever you get that love and that like that feeling of connection, it's it's infectious and you you want way more of it and I don't think it'll ever get I don't think you'll ever get tired of it. So yeah, I would challenge you guys to turn off your phone before you go in. It's five minutes. You can spend five minutes with each person and ask them the best parts of their day and tell them that you love them. And I, I know it'll make a difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was shout out to Carlos Reyes because he definitely uh, mentioned that as well. But when we went through the men's leadership seminar, uh, one other way that they talked about it is level your waters. Mm. You know, like if you think of a canal, you know, the only way that the boat gets across the canal is because the, the the level the waters are leveled so if you're super high pissed off from something that happened during your day had a really bad day at work or something bad happened you have to be cognizant of what energy you're bringing into your home to your relationships so level your waters level you know and, and then go in with grace and and you know give give love because that's that's what people will remember is is how you made them feel mm-hmm. not even necessarily what you say one yeah. of the things that ed said that the two things that are motivators in life are your dreams and other people mm. well we just talked a lot about it was other people because when you thir- first think about it well i'm doing all this for other people well you know like if you're truly helping people in connection i mean connection is one of the values that we really need as human beings which brandon bruchard talked about i'm sure we'll get to at some point but connection with other people and you know who are you fighting for i think is a big one with other people if you think of your children your significant other all the people in your family your loved ones around you friends you know like you you truly have a duty to live in greatness and live into the image of what god has planned for you mm-hmm. because then you'll be able to give it to everyone yeah. and your dreams don't sacrifice your dreams you cannot do that because when you play small no one wins mm-hmm you cost everyone when you play small. You're dimming your inner light, as Dakota mentioned earlier. Yeah, I feel like I was actually thinking about this morning. I feel like school in general, just teachers, they always, I was listening to NF and he talks about like chasing his dreams and what teachers thought of him. And like, you know, like, just like, dude, you're like told him he's going to be a rapper and stuff. And he's like, yeah, all right, like get realistic. That's what we always hear. We hear that from our parents. We hear that from other people. We hear that from the teachers, specifically, mostly the teachers. And man, like, don't let anybody ever take your dreams because, like, those are there for a reason. And I always go back to this quote that I heard at 10X, actually, and it it just made the biggest impact on my life is, um, now I just lost it. But (laughs) uh, 
you wouldn't have the dream in your heart if you didn't already have what it takes to make it happen. Yeah, it's so good. And I truly believe that. It's like God placed that there for a reason. And that is what I mean when you feel that burning desire to do something. Like you can do a lot of good. And that's what I always think about is like if you have that burning passion and you have good intentions, which we're going to talk about next, if you have good intentions, it is your obligation, your duty to give that and spread that to as many people as possible. If like, we always think about, oh man, that I'm going to be seen as like uh, this, this person who's going to be recognized and it's all about me and stuff. No, it's about loving other people. It's about helping as many people as possible. If you're truly helping people and loving people, how much more can you do that? Shouldn't you do that on as massive of a scale as you possibly can? Isn't that what Jesus called us to do whenever he said, go out and actually talk to people like, hey, you should go out and spread this word. That's what we're called yeah. to do. And I feel that a lot of people they just they want to stay inside they want to they want to be a good christian and they just want to sit inside and read their bible all day that's not what you're called to do and yeah. i i really believe that you are called to love as big of a scale as possible not for your own glory and like that's that's the hard part is trying to balance that of like hey i'm not it's not me this is god in me this yes. is jesus in me it's a hard line but if you can if you can really I wouldn't even worry so much about getting over there because once you do, God will humble you. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. go and love as much as you possibly can. But um, the next thing I want to talk about is just like going really in depth and in intentions, um, which you talked about. Um, do you have notes on your intentions? Uh, I got to find them. All right. So <laughs> go ahead. Uh, give yourself credit for your intentions. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but. I really think about this a lot is like, I'm definitely not the smartest. I'm not the greatest at anything. Um, but I, I know my intentions and I, I really need to give yourself or give myself credit for what I intend to do. Like, what are your intentions? Why are you doing what you're doing? Whenever you go and speak, whenever you go and do anything, like, are you intending to love, help the other person? Because again, whenever I was telling people the negative things about them, my intentions were still good. So like, I need to give myself credit for that. I wasn't trying to hurt them. I wasn't yeah. trying to manipulate them or anything. I was literally just trying to say, hey, I see a weakness and I was literally trying to help them. So give yourself credit for your intentions. And then there's always effective and more effective, mm -hmm. but your, your confidence can come from your intentions, not the result. Because every time that your intentions comes from your results, then whenever the results don't meet that, now you lose self-confidence. And that's an external thing that you can't control. But you know you can control is your intentions every single time. You can... You can control what you intend to do in this world. You can control what you're trying to do um, and give yourself credit for it. And, and if you pull your intentions from your faith, you know, again, because if, if, yeah, if you're just trying to link your confidence based on your ability mm -hmm. uh, or what you have, you know, that's, again, all fleeting and it's all temporary. It's all just flesh, right? But if you can pull your intention from God, you know, God intended us to spread the message, to live in his image. That's truly unlimited. Yep. And that's what I have next, actually, is what you oh, talked cool. about. It's not it. my ability to do it because uh, I'm judging it all the time then. 
Uh, if, if it's about my ability, now all I'm doing is looking at, am I doing this right? Am I doing this correctly? How good am I doing this? It's not about how good you are, how well you speak, how powerful you are, how strong you are. It's about your intentions and what you're trying to do. So remember that in every situation, you're always like, you know what? Somebody better qualified will come along and do this. Somebody else will do this podcast. Somebody else will love this person. Somebody else will go and give to this charity. Somebody else will do this. And it's like my what I have to give doesn't make that big of a difference. And that reminds me of the story about the, the woman um, who who gave, you know, just the smallest amount. That is enough. Like whatever God has given you, like that is enough. He's given you the gift and that is your intention should be to give that to other people. So, yes, I, I, I always think about this and I really struggle with this, honestly, is like linking my worth to my abilities. I, I, mm-hmm. I link so much. And because honestly, like I, I am very good at a lot of things and I link my, my self-worth to what I'm good at. But what happens when it all goes away? Because it will. Everything that I'm good at will go away. I will, I'm going to die. So obviously everything's going to go away other than yeah. like my soul. But, you know, my physical health, my, like, my abilities to move, my ability to think, all of this goes away. Um, and so if I link my abilities to that, even if they're great, it's still fleeting. It's still going to go away. It's very important to remember that no matter how great you are at anything, don't link your self-worth to that. Even if you're the best, just don't link it because it will go away. Yeah. One of the things they talked about a lot later on, uh, like th- we're just literally still talking about what Ed Milet talked about. It's like, there's so many speakers. <laughs> yeah, I don't that know if we're going to have time for all of them. <laughs> it's so good. This could be a two or three part series, but, uh, the tailwind, right? Mm. So past results will not dictate future success just because mm. you've killed it in one area of your life. Uh, it does not guarantee that it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. If you stop doing the things that got you to where you're at, there's no guarantee of it continuing. So if you, you know, got a six pack, but then your internal thermostat was, I'm still an overweight person. And then you stop doing what got you to the six pack. Guess what? You're going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. And that's in every aspect of life. If you stop showing up in your relationships, you know, like if you stop in the beginning when you're in a relationship, everything's new and fresh. And, you know, you, you do the cool things that make them feel special. You give them cute little gifts. You write them notes. You do all the things that, you know, show you your uniqueness and your appreciation for them. If you stop doing those things, what do you think is going to happen? The mm-hmm. relationship will die. Yeah. It has the opportunity to anyways. You cannot dictate future successes on past results. No, I definitely think it will. I mean, you know, you say like, if you're not trying, if you're not actively putting in any effort, I think it will die. It does not matter how great it is, how awesome the person is, it will die. Anything that you're doing, again, like you talked about earlier, if you're not growing, you're dying, it will. If you're not feeding that, it will die. And the same thing, this is this is one of the most common things in the Bible too, is faith without works is dead. And that's the same thing in faith. Mm-hmm. If you're not actively feeding your faith, your faith is dead. It doesn't mean that you're going to hell. doesn't mean that you're not saved, but your faith is dead because you're not growing it. So it's very important to remember that no matter what, you're feeding or you're growing or you're dying in every single area. You're either feeding it or you're killing it. Yeah, dude. I mean, faith without works is dead. Uh that's just beautiful. I mean, it's great. Straight for us out of the Bible. It's it's <laughs> well, I mean, the Bible is just full of so many 
wonderful parables. It's all so intricately laid together. Um, it is truly the book, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but we do live in a time where, you know, it's great to talk about things. Like even look how the whole Ukraine situation, everybody's talking about it, but mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What, how are you putting God's image and, and everything into work? Mm-hmm. How are you putting into play? Yep. That's how I look at it. Uh, man, so much like when we go on to intention, Dr. Dyer, he was a wonderful mind that, uh, Ed Milet, that was his inspiration. One of his inspirations, mm-hmm. uh, he, he wrote the book, the power of intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you really want to have a deep dive into intention and find out truly what your intentions are, that would be a good starter place. Mm-hmm. So love it. Yeah. The last so one much. that we'll want to dig in a little bit into the only thing that I have for association was, uh, he knew what he could do with the help of other people. So Mm-hmm. I, again, I, I find that so interesting that it's it's always the dichotomy of like that balance because like you also have to have the self-confidence to know what you can do, but also you need other people. And so like that, that it's interesting how with the help of other people, you know what you can accomplish. And so then the question is, how do you get around those other people? And a lot of times it's by like, like giving without expectation. Yes. Um, like trying to find a way to benefit their life without any expectation because then you can't get hurt you can't be like oh man i gave them all this stuff it's a mindset thing um but yeah that was the only thing that i really had for association and of course like what you talked about which honestly probably resonates deeper with me than any anything else that i've ever heard is that fear of not achieving their potential yeah and it's not so much my potential. It, it, I guess it is my potential. It's like it's the works that God set before me to go, like go into. The fear of not a, like actually being everything that God created me. Like Ed talks about this a lot too, honestly. Yeah, and he says it beautifully. Yeah, but I resonate with it so much. That I feel it like deep, so deep. And that was what we were talking about before too. Is like that that um, the quote on my wall. And honestly, I don't. Let me see if I can actually pull it up really quickly. And I want to read it because it is, I actually looked at it yesterday. And every time that I read this, honestly, like it almost makes me cry. So, because <laughs> it, it resonates that deep with me. But um, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left. And I could say like, I used everything that you gave me. And so for me, mm-hmm. like that is the the biggest motivator that I have in my entire life is that, like, I want to be everything that I was created to be. And that fear of not achieving that, like, drives me more than anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's beautiful. He talks about uh, you have, you'll have two selves at the end of your life. You know, when you're in front of God, you're at the gates. You'll have the self that says, dude, you never became me. Look what you could have been. Look what you could have had. Look at the relationships you could have had in your life. Why didn't you become me? Mm-hmm. And then you have to live with that eternally. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're here for such a small moment and all of these successful people that spoke, it just all comes back to time. I mean, time is the one thing that we have so little of, and we have no idea how much we truly have. That's why you have a responsibility to give it your all every single day, because if you don't, that's, that's the cost. You get to live with what you could have been. You mm-hmm. get to live with regret at the end of your life. 
potentially dying alone. Like the costs of playing small are so great, but in the moment they seem so temporary and, you know, like I'd rather be comfortable. It's mm-hmm. like, no, that is not your duty. Your duty is to go all out, all in. Mm-hmm. Because on the other side, you get to see the version of yourself where, dude, you fought so hard. You gave it everything you could and you became me. Mm-hmm. You became exactly what God meant for me to become. Mm-hmm. And you get to live with that for eternity. And in the ripple effect of what that inspires other people to do. I mean, I, I said this once, like if you don't, if you don't put out in the world, if you don't show up, you, that's you being lazy. That's you taking, that's mm-hmm. you taking from who you were meant to be. That's you not, uh, that's you taking for granted what God has given you. And that's, that's not helping anyone. And you're taking from them. You're taking from them. Yeah. You're taking from the other person. Truly. It's just you being lazy. And and I, you know, like it might sound, sound uh, abrasive or whatever, but we truly have a duty to give everything we can. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I really admire the way that you put that. Yeah. And honestly, stop. Like something else that they said that we talked about earlier that I want to reiterate is stop, stop suppressing your uniqueness. And I, I had to tell myself this, like stop suppressing my uniqueness, dude. It's so crazy. Like, I would not work out hard, hard, hardest in the gym because I was scared about how people were going to judge me if I went hard. And I'm already going moderately hard. Mm-hmm. So they're probably already judging me, but I would literally not go to my max because I'm scared about how other people are going to judge me. I'm suppressing my uniqueness because I'm fearful of how other people are going to view me. And most people wouldn't know that. But today, dude, today I went all out. Today yeah. I went psycho. And yeah, people were looking at me and I didn't give a crap, dude. Like I don't care anymore. I will not suppress my uniqueness. And I hope that you guys do not either. Like I want to let you guys know that you have been given a gift for a reason. Like you were made to do great things. Like you were beautiful. You were loved. And like, I, I, I speak this to you too, man. Like you were here for a reason and you're here for a purpose. And, and yeah, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to, uh, to experience this. And I, I hope that everybody else can, uh, to be grateful for the opportunity that we've all been given to. And like, man, like we're, we're called to do great things. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Let me see if I got anything else. Man. Hope can only exist in the future. It can't be in the past. We went over that. Um, Yeah, the last thing that I thought was very beautiful, um, and this was actually not a part of uh, of the event, from Ed, this was actually just from people in the crowd that we went out to dinner with. Mm -hmm. Something beautiful. Uh, Actually, two things. Two beautiful things that we talked about at dinner with these just amazing people is one was they, like, why do we wait for a tribute for our parents for until they die? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, we tell them or we wait to speak about them, how much we love them, how great they are before or after they die that doesn't that doesn't make any sense so what he did for his dad and for his mom was he actually wrote everything living eulogy yeah living eulogy and gave it to them for christmas and he read it in front of the whole family said that they were all just crying and it was amazing and that connection that love is worth whatever discomfort you're going to feel one other thing that there was uh um very difficult for me that I've been struggling with is uh, 
I just try to connect with my dad a lot. And I feel like I'm always like trying to get him to come to me. And I'm like, oh, dad, let's go out to dinner. Let's do this. Let's do that. And like, you know, I, w I really try to push him towards his dreams. And I'm like, dad, like you can do anything and like accomplish anything. And I, I like have these big dreams for him, but that's me putting my expectation on what I yeah. think he should be. And one thing that uh, Gerard Adams um, actually told told me while we were eating dinner is like, and it's so simple. It's crazy. I didn't see it. Mm. Like, why don't you go to him and meet him where he's at? Go to his house, watch a movie with him. And I just never thought of that. And so it's so crazy to me, like how simple a concept can be. But I was so blind to it. And uh, yeah, so that would just be two lessons that I learned just from eating dinner is like, you know, your parents are meaningful. Tell them, tell them while they're here and meet them where they're at. They don't need to be anything like, you know, we, we have these high expectations of what our parents should be and who we believe that they should be. And they should come to us because they're the parent and they should love us and stuff. And remember that they haven't been through the same things that we've been through. They're, they're not, you know, they don't even know how to relay the emotions that they feel maybe in the best way because they haven't been taught they haven't learned this stuff and so remember that too is like your parents do love you they love you they might not be able to show you the way that you want to receive it because they haven't been through the work that maybe you've been through or have the emotional intelligence but i know that they they do care and they do love you in whatever way and i know it's difficult for some people to hear because i know they probably don't believe that their parents love them but I know that they do. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, all of us have versions of trauma with almost all of our parents because limiting beliefs are stemmed from your childhood. And a lot of times it's just stemmed from their limiting beliefs and they're just passing them on unknowingly. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things is, you know, people are doing the best with what they have. Mm -hmm. And that means so many things for different people. For, you know... My parents, they have, they were raised a completely different way than I was. And most generations, they try to give their children what they didn't have. And sometimes that even shows up as physical abuse, you know, like there's a lot of people are hurting, but you have to remember people are doing the best with what they have mm -hmm. or what they think they have. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so thankful for everything that my parents have done for me. It's not that they've done to me, it's what they've done for me. Mm. Even my r biological father leaving at two years old, it made me realize that someday I'm going to be such a present father. Mm -hmm. All of the things that my parents have had to struggle through, I'm so thankful for. Because if I wouldn't have had that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be the one in my family in the way that I am. Struggle is how you can create true success. If you can get through the pain, through the struggle, learn to forgive and understand that it truly happened for a reason, happened for you to become who God meant you to be. It all happens how it's supposed to. So allow yourself grace in the moment and understand that your greatness is being called upon you and you deserve and need to step into it, not only just for yourself, but for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God will, you know, it's one of my favorite verses. God uses all things for the good of those who love him. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's what we talk about is that, you know, that's what you're talking about is that we, 
we went through this stuff so we can relate, so we can help, so yeah. we can love, and so we can we can be the people who are not going to repeat this. Yes. We can help other people to not repeat it, even if their family hasn't repeated it. So, yeah. Um, do you have any last things that you want? Yeah, I guess just quickly last. Um, uh, who will you fight for in your life? Who will you fight for? Earn this life. Yeah. With that, one other one other thing that they said with who you fight for, change your alarm clock to their name. Yeah. That was powerful. It, whoever you're fighting for, whatever you're waking up for, change your alarm clock to their name. Apparently, you can name your alarm clock. So every time you see that alarm clock and you want to hit snooze, just know that you're snoozing on who you're fighting for. Um, and Gosh, I thought that so was good. powerful. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Ben Newman that was saying this, but he was like, even if you have like a physical alarm clock, put it in another room. So you have to get up and go to it. So you get out of bed, you get out of comfortable. And then as soon as you see, like he used his mom, mm -hmm. he puts his mom's name right on the alarm clock. So, you know, it just set your environment up to win mm -hmm. because your environment will dictate your future and you get to design it however you want. So if that means you put the person that means the most to you in your life, the person that sacrificed the most for you to even have the privilege to be here, then do it. Whatever it takes, and that's fully your discretion and your decision, but build your environment to dictate your future success and so you can live in your greatness and your uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to go to the bathroom really bad, so we're going to have to end this soon. Um, so last thing that I really want to say, and there's a lot more that we got from it, honestly. We only went into mostly Ed's talk, and so I apologize. Maybe we will do more parts of this. Um, and if you guys like this, please uh, let us know. Um, reach out to us if we can help with anything, if there's anything you guys are struggling through, like yeah. any way that either of us can help. I know we're both more than willing. So anything that we can do to help you guys, like we're here to to love and to share and to uh, yeah, just give our gifts that God's given us. And, um, and you are too. And so I want to just remind you the way that Ed starts off everything and remind you that you were meant to do something great with your life and you have been given these gifts for a reason. And my hope and my prayer, honestly, is that you use them and you will create a ripple effect that will change this world. And I, I really believe that you have the power to do it. Whoever you are listening, like you have the gifts, use them. It's beautiful.